good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show was brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And if you need health insurance and you don't know where to start, Minsure has free expert help that will walk you through your options and find a plan that saves you money. You can find out more at Minsure.org. Hey, Olga, I don't know. I haven't talked to you. Uh, we were talking about uh, how great the show is going to be because we have Nancy Bolio, Bemidji 350, and MN350 on today on Tuesdays. And uh, it snowed about eight inches down here in the Twin Cities. And I know we're all over Civic Media Network in Wisconsin. We're live on 10 stations all across Turtle Island here. And uh, uh, I know our, our, our relatives in uh, Wisconsin just had a little rain. But what what happened up there? You know where I'm at? We didn't really get too much of anything. It was just really cold and gray and kind of dreary. It was one of those days where you just kind of drag your feet and wear warm socks. So <laughs> I'm sorry you uh, were shoveling all day, um, but I hope that we see some more of that snow coming around uh, further north. We know that Minnesota has been in uh, drought the last few years. And uh, what's funny about Minnesota is it's not always the rain that we're missing in the summer. Uh, it's actually the snow that we're missing in the winter. So really hoping we get some more snow here as we come into the winter oh absolutely and uh we're all over turtle island on the on the radio and uh right now we're uh, live on facebook live and youtube and and uh Ogama's camera's not working so uh it's hard for me to to uh converse with her it's really <laughs> weird but uh hey uh we talk about the news that you don't hear anywhere else here on native roots radio and i want to hand it over to ogama right now and then after that we're going to have nancy bolio of uh mn350 so uh welcome again ogama Hey, Anim Buju, everybody. This is Ogama Ganuakwe. For those of you who are watching online, my camera isn't working today, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, but I promise I am here live and in the flesh today, and uh, we've got some news. Uh, the big one that I wanted to talk about uh, is the Minnesota Supreme Court oral argument on the PolyMet water pollution permit uh, is actually beginning tomorrow at 10 a.m. So that's tomorrow morning, November 30th at 10 a.m. is the oral argument on the Minnesota Supreme Court uh, for the PolyMet water pollution permit. It's actually going to be the second case that's heard uh, for oral arguments tomorrow. Um, if you arrive at around 9 a.m., you could wait for a seat in the Supreme Court courtroom on the second floor of the Minnesota State Capitol. Um, and then overflow seating will be available in the auditorium of the Judicial Center, which is located next to the Minnesota State, Ca State Capitol if the courtroom reaches capacity. And uh, the team at Water Legacy uh, will actually have a debriefing of the oral argument tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. You can RSVP on their website, which is uh, waterlegacy.org, or go to the Eventbrite page for that. But um, the PolyMet water pollution permit appeal is an ongoing um, issue with the uh, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency uh, since about December of 2018. Um, the water pollution permit was issued by the MPCA, um, like any other state administrative decision, but is being challenged uh, within the Minnesota Court of Appeals. And um, the reason that this is being uh, requested to be overturned is because um, there's some really major deficiencies on the draft polymet permit. Um, and the EPA professional um, staff had did not agree to withhold their comments. The MPCA had asked the EPA. So the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency asked a federal agency to withhold its comments on the polymet pollu water pollution permit um, because the M the EPA had some rather scathing uh, statements to make on it. And it was a really unprecedented uh, request 
and um, the comments to the MPCA for the EPA were read over the phone and those things are not included in the public record. Um, and these things happened, uh, the evidentiary, evidentiary hearing for these uh, happened between January of 2020 and September of 2020. And uh, they have issued findings and conclusions on the order of that. Um, but they found for the first time in Minnesota history that MPCA's actions in issuing the polymet water pollution permit included irregularities in the procedure in destroying notes and official records. So that is what is being heard in the Minnesota Supreme Court tomorrow, or at least one of the cases that are being heard tomorrow. And I just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware of that update. Um, you can definitely find some more information at waterlegacy.org or by going over to the Minnesota Supreme Court website and uh, finding out more information about that. Huh. Um that has a lot to do with the uh, Fond du Lac tribe uh, because the polymet permits uh, really affect the area up near Duluth and uh, Fond du Lac is uh, closest to that area and Fond du Lac uh, nation is currently experiencing some some leftover residual issues uh, regarding the line three pipeline uh, construction as well and had to halt their uh, wild rice um harvesting this year. So, you know, our prayers are up there with the people of Fond du Lac and the people of Duluth for um, the major environmental things that are going to be happening up there in the next uh, couple of years if these permits aren't uh, put down. Robert, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit too. Have you heard about the uh, Hawaii uh, volcano eruption yet? <laughs> yeah, I did. But can we just back up a second and... Uh... Yeah. Uh, polymet and I think all the people uh, up there will should be upset about uh, getting that water dirty up there no matter if uh, you were a, uh, uh, a person that liked what was going on with our line three this is something that's going to really mess up things so uh, really good to bring that forward too and yeah I did hear about the volcano eruption which is uh, you know we used to have a a person come on every week or once a month or so that Kayla Kelly that was working with uh, on Hawaii and the Mauna Kea, um, the telescope. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, what happened up there? Yeah, so um, the eruption of Mauna Loa um, isn't currently immediately endangering any towns, but officials have told people to be uh, ready for the worst. So there's about 200,000 people on the big island of Hawaii that uh, – could be in some pretty dangerous situations um, depending on what happens with uh, Mauna Loa. The, right now, they don't really know where the flow of lava is going to go and they don't know how long it's going to last. Um, it has not erupted now in about 38 years. So it was about 38 years since this last erupted. And uh, the pictures that are coming out from Hawaii are, um, they're beautiful, but they're they're air, they're eerie. Um, and the people of Hawaii and the big island right now are definitely on edge and uh, our prayers need to be out with them that they are um, being vigilant and uh, have a plan uh, for what to do should they need to evacuate. Um, wow. More than a third of the island's residents live uh, west of the volcano, about 23,000 people, and uh, about 45,000 people in uh, two different cities. And then they were worried about some subdivisions uh, south of the volcano, which are home to about 5,000 people. So um, we'll kind of be following this as we can find out more about it as um, AP News and other places continue to follow this. I haven't seen anything come out um, from any of the um, Hawaiian sources that I usually follow just yet, but um, pictures. So we'll just keep following it and put our prayers up for the people of Hawaii and uh, the volcano there. Hey, Ogama, uh, I always appreciate uh, opening up the show with some great news segments that Again, you don't hear this uh, stuff anywhere else, so I really appreciate you keeping our people and our allies all over Turtle Island updated on these, and me. So I really appreciate uh, appreciate you. And up next, we're going to have Nancy Bolio, Ogama, with MN350. Uh, always a big crowd pleaser, and people love to hear from Nancy. All right. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Wake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olga.
Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Electricity costs have hit historic highs, and they're likely to continue rising with no end in sight. If you own a business, those are costs that are eating away at your bottom line. But switching to all-energy solar can help you see green instead of red. A system from all-energy solar offers a bankable investment with energy costs that won't rise along with fossil fuels. So stop renting your energy from the utility company, because the rent keeps going up. Solar tax incentives are strong, returning up to 60% of your investment. But those credits will decrease in 2023. And with more businesses switching to solar, capacity is limited. That's why reserving your spot on the grid now has never been more critical. All Energy Solar has the experience of installing over 6,000 systems for all sorts of properties in the Midwest and beyond. Get a free no-obligation assessment from All Energy Solar's commercial solar specialists today by calling 800-620-3370 or visiting allenergysolar.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, everybody. This portion of the show is brought to you by Minsure. Minsure can help you find a plan that covers your prescriptions and saves you money. You can visit mnsure.org to get started. Hey, we just had uh, Nancy Bolio on, and now she disappeared, so... We're gonna have to. Oh uh, no! <laughs> we're gonna have to talk. To her. No, no camera. Oh, here she comes. She's coming back. She's that's okay, good. Robert. Um, you know what? I have uh, that Nancy was so gracious to provide me that we haven't been able to do on Native Roots Radio yet. Is we actually have a land acknowledgement. Um, well, you know, if it's all right with you, well, Ogma and Nancy's here. You know, my land acknowledgement is. I always put a swear word in it, but I can't do that on radio. But it's like, give us our land back. Darn it. But go ahead, Ogamon. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so here on Native Roots Radio, we respectfully acknowledge that we live on the lands of the Anishinaabe, Lakota, Dakota, and Ho-Chunk nations. They have lived harmoniously with these lands and waters for countless generations before the onslaught of colonization. Like indigenous peoples across the Americas and most of the world, they experienced genocide, ethnic cleansing, theft of their land and waters, and forced removal. Their and our ability to live, work, and enjoy this area is connected to their inner profound loss. We ask all in our community, including our governing bodies, to respect and honor tribal sovereignty, self-determination, and to learn the true history of the lands on which we reside. We resolve to work with and build a shared sustainable future for all. Wow, that was awesome. Uh, welcome, Nancy. Uh, your, I see your camera's off here, too. Nancy uh, Bolio, MN350, uh, Great to see you or uh, hear from you, and uh, always uh, tell us a little bit about that land acknowledgement, if you don't mind. Well, you know, um, this is Native American Heritage Month, and I think, you know, um, just as people, just as, you know, being treaty people, I think it's in our best interest, no matter what space we're in, that we acknowledge the land we're on to help spread the word of, uh, you know, those treaty partners that signed those treaties with our ancestor they still benefit from these treaties and so our, our goal is to um, build that awareness through land acknowledgement but then again you know thinking about Native American Heritage Month um, this ain't you know a month where we're 
celebrating who we are. I mean, we're going to celebrate every day because uh, we're still here and, and, and I'm yeah. proud to still be here and continue the, the work that our ancestors um, did to protect our way of life. So I think, you know, thinking about Native American Heritage Month, this is for me, a month of awakening, a, a month of teaching people and making a commitment to um, make sure that we honor our treaties, uh, be good treaty people and and continue to do all this good work, you know, throughout the whole year. Because, Robert, I think we're on to something good here. I think in the last few years, um, we just keep getting better and better at what we do. Yeah, you, def- you definitely do. And one of the things, I, if you don't mind, I want to switch gears just a second here. And I've been talking to, well, or yesterday we had Dr. Stately as as our guest and uh, asked him how and if you celebrated Thanksgiving. And um, I know it's great. You know, I'm thankful for a lot of people that are in my life and I let them know that. But there's also a, a deep-seated hangover that us uh, Native Americans have for this uh, day. Right. And I think, you know, uh, the trauma is like um, instilled into us from, you know, even before we were born, you know, and I think it's really difficult for us to um, gather around the table on on Thanksgiving and celebrate, uh, you know, to what the Americans thought was a victory, you know, um, the slaughter of 700 Native people. And so Thanksgiving is actually celebrating that victory. And, you know, I think if people want to choose to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, I think it's also an opportunity for people to share the real history of what happened to our people and making sure that, you know, that that narrative is out there because um, our history books don't talk about it. So it's people like ourselves that create these kind of spaces and make that happen. So um, myself, I don't celebrate that day. Um, and I, I choose and that's a personal choice. But um, there's every day is a good day to be indigenous. So, you know, it's just nice to revitalize uh, who I am. And so I don't like to use the term decolonize. I want to revitalize the indigenous way of, of who I am and what our ancestors fought for. You know, every time we talk, I feel like I I get a little slogan that I could uh, make a t-shirt out of. So I'm going to write that one down too. Oh, give me me 10% Robert, but um, (laughs) you can donate. (laughs) So anyone out there listening, honestly, um, there's a lot of goodness at 350. And again, you know, with the, with the support of Minnesota 350 and our allies, uh, we couldn't do this work, Robert. So, you know, moving on a Native American Heritage Month is a perfect opportunity to continue to support our work, um, show up in, in movement spaces. And again, you know, really quick, Robert, this week our uh, – non-native defendants for the uh, firelight encampment are waiting um, on a ruling from the judge and they're hoping to get their cases dismissed because again, you know, they were invited under um, our invitation to be there. And so they were lawfully present. And again, it's not a crime to assert treaties. It's a crime to deny those treaty rights. So um, I want all of our listeners and all of our, our relatives, you know, to make sure that we pray that our non-Native allies, um, who are a fine example of what a good treaty person looks like, that their cases be dismissed. And so um, we hope we get good news this week. And if not, then it's on to trial. And that's all I can say about that for now. And, you know, um, a big shout out to our allies again, because um, our work is actually made possible by their support. Yeah, and don't we have uh, Give to the Max again uh, coming up? Uh, is it this week? or? Uh, and I, I think, you know, one of the things, MN350 is always a good organization to uh, donate to. Right. And, you know, um, I just gave a shout out to uh, 350 last week for letting them, um, allowing us to uh, define our space and what the work look, looks like. Cause again, you know, we know our communities, uh, we know who our, our leaders are. We know what the issues are. We know what the challenges are and we know what the solutions are. And I think, you know, if we get back to that treaty obligation to, to live in peace, to be a good neighbor and to leave the earth in a better way, I think um, there's a lot of goodness coming forward. So again, you know, I think, this month is a month where we kick off what we can do better for the next 11 months. And and we want to brag about it next Native American Heritage, Heritage Month in November 2023, because I think, you know, there's so much more we can do. And, and that's what we're about. Wow, that's excellent. Hey, we only got a couple minutes, but what I would like you to do, because we have uh, 
more and more stations jumping on uh, the civic media network all over Turtle Island is just maybe explain a little bit what the 350 means in Minnesota 350. Oh, it's the the, the amount of carbon um, in the air um, and uh, 350 is the threshold where, you know, we don't want to go above that. And anything above that is actually detrimental to the health and well-being of all living things, the water, the air, everything. So um, I think last time I looked, we were at 411. So our, our goal at Minnesota 350 is to find uh, solutions that, um, a, you know, address pollution and how we can actually live in a better way. And again, it, it's it's all up to us again, Robert. We we never talk about the individual carbon footprint. So I'm going to ask you all to to um, boycott, you know, those fast food coffees and all those things out there because again, you know, they're unhealthy for us in the first place. But the amount of garbage, especially when we think about Christmas, actually December, we have 27 percent more waste in December, Robert. And so wow. we should really um, give the gift of giving, like uh, helping a neighbor, you know, maybe help someone uh, fix their house or, you know, take the elder out grocery shopping. These are the kind of gifts we should be giving where we take care of each other. And so I encourage people not to um, give gifts, but to give from the heart and help your neighbor, your elderly, the sick people, you know, give in that kind of way. You know, I I always like saying uh, our tagline here too. We're with a uh, Nancy Bolio of uh, MN350, and it's a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And again, there's a T-shirt right there, Nancy. Right, I know. I think I, uh, I tried to give you one last time I saw you, but you know what? Um, anyway, um, you know, I think we're going to go into a commercial break here shortly. But uh, again, um, before we do that, I want to make sure that we give a, a shout out to you know our, all of our allies and our our water protectors out there that are, you know, still on the front line. So another way to give is to support the camps that are out there, people that, um, you know, could really use that type of help um, with um, the good fight, Robert, that's still out there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, again, it's really good to bring these things up uh, uh, weekly, daily, uh, that we are uh, native and, you know, Bob Blake talks about this a lot on our show, and one of the things I want to bring up to you um, and to our audience is that Native Americans are like the last line of defense right now with our climate and, and climate justice. And, uh, you know, you, sh- you prove it. We have, you know, Honor the Earth here. We have all these organizations, Nance. Right. And, you know, I'm going to, again, you know, tell our listeners and our relatives, you know, um, coming out of Native American Heritage Month, that's one opportunity where you can help protect the environment and our treaty rights is by showing up and supporting these these orgs, these camps. And, you know, if you can't be there in person, um, help support them with, with money or maybe go to camp and help them cut firewood. Or, you know, there's so many different ways that you can. And I think most importantly, Robert, is that we have to um, recognize that treaties are very much alive today as the day they were signed. And, and we do have a, a in perpetuity obligation to honor those in a good way. And I think, you know, as we continue to do this work, we're going to give people opportunity to do that. Hey, Nancy, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, the frontline fund that MN350 uh, facilitates, if you don't mind. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm with Nancy Bolio Bemidji, 350 MN350. And, of course, Ogama. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated bivalent booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. 
People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Hi, Minnesota. This is David Pakman, and you can catch my show weekdays at 2 p.m. for the latest in political news on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. November is upon us, and it's time to give thanks. One thing I'm thankful for this season is for the professionals at Zero Res who cleaned my home. Their cleaning process is platinum rated by the Carpet and Rug Institute for superior extraction and fast dry time. Their patented process, which includes ZR Clean, does not contain any harsh soaps, shampoos, or detergents, and it's safe for pets and kids. And their legendary 30-day gotta-love-it guarantee means they are not happy unless you are. They will come back, no questions asked, if you are not happy with any part of your service. No hassles and no worries. Call Zero Res right now, 9520-RES, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Three rooms of carpet clean starting at 139 bucks with a free room of fiber protectant and $50 off air ducts. Call Zero Res today at 9520-RES or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. The snow tapers off, cloudy skies tonight with a low of 17, then clearing on Wednesday with a high of 21. Scotchamama's Hot Barbecue offers the huge taste of selections like baby back ribs and pulled pork sandwiches out of a little place. Scotchamama's is located just a block west of I-35W off of West Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis. Visit their website at scotchamamas.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition and uh, Mincher. If you or somebody you know need health insurance, Mincher has a plan that covers you for your family's doctor's visits. Go to Mincher.org to find free help. Hey, thanks, uh, Ogama. Hey, we're here with Nancy Boley of uh, MN350, and we talked a little bit about what MN350 does. And uh, one of the things that uh, popped up here on our screen, Nancy, was talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Frontline Fund and what that is and um, and how it's funded and who gets the money. And uh, I think it's a very unique way and streamlined way to help people that are in this fight for climate justice. Right. The, you know, the Frontline Fund is a commitment to aid um, frontline workers with microfinancing um, for the purpose that fall within certain um, categories like emergency relief funds for those that are directly impacted by climate justice. So, um, you know, I remember some of our frontline warriors that were 
you know, in camp every day, all day, and uh, a lot of treaty knowledge this person brought, um, him and his wife. Um, we helped them with um, some repair on their car because uh, we knew they were there. They, they gave everything they had, um, and they were just, you know, our everyday warriors showing up, and they didn't have a lot of money, and you know, we, we needed to support them so they could support us. So it kind of, you know, it kind of works that way, Robert. That's how us, you know, natives roll anyway. Um, and we also have uh, grants to help support and connect the leaders within the BIPOC um, communities. So some of our leaders have projects they're working on or on an event or something like that. They might need a little financial help with that. So um, that's one way we can help support um, um, these uh, people on the front line and, um, I guess, you know, again, like I said earlier, if, if you can't literally physically be there, um, please give to these frontline funds because um, the, the requests, um, they're there. And we want to be able to make sure that we're supporting the people that, um, you know, make huge sacrifices um, away from their families and, you know, um, their, com- their own communities. that They come from afar, um, usually from one tribe to the next. We're traveling around trying to help each other. But um, I want to make sure that um, we also um, give them the opportunity to, to grow in the climate movement here in Minnesota. So sometimes we have people that are on the front lines. And, you know, like myself, um, I went to Standing Rock and never imagined I'd be, you know, even having this little segment with you, Robert. But <laughs> I grew up in movement. And it was because people gave me opportunity and people believed in me, believed in me. And they also supported me um, when I needed to get somewhere, you know, because, again, most of our relatives uh, um, were poor folks. So, um, again, we want to be able to support individuals um, and communities that cannot easily access other sources of funds. So a lot of the times uh, the people that are on the front lines, we don't get a lot of uh, support from our tribes or our communities or our people around us that who care about what we care about because they too, you know, are financially strapped. So this is one way, one of the best ways you can help um, our folks on the front line. And they're always there, Robert. Well, and exactly. And especially with what's going on here in Minnesota, not only did we uh, fight line three, we also have uh, the polymet mines that we're talking about uh, that are coming up here real soon. And, um, you know, we need to, to stand tall and we have people that um, support uh, our actions and support uh, the way we feel about these uh, dirty uh, mines and, um, you know, pipelines. Uh, Nancy, what – so how can people – I see the site uh, – Ogama put the site up, mn350.org slash frontline fund. People can uh, click on that and directly go there and pop in some money. Right. And, um, you know, I want to – I can't stress it enough, Robert, how these funds are important to people that are out there doing the real work, you know. And a lot of the times these people can't commit to a full-time job because um, they're basically on call when things happen and when we need them to be there. And they're also in camp, you know teaching culture and, and sharing stories and things like that. So I think it's important that we continue to support our warriors on the front line. And, and you know, that link is there. And if you can't afford to give today, you can always find us at mn350.org or you can find us on Facebook and just search it and you'll find a way that you can give. So, again, you know, um, thinking about Native American Heritage Month and when we talk about you know, protecting our waters from line three or talent mining and all this, you know, these critical infrastructures. I think we really need to work harder at land back moving forward. Um, again, you know, it's not just the physical give it back kind of thing that um, most people would think. It is actually where um, the tribes have uh, uh, a part of that conversation, decision in these in these huge projects that undermine our self determination and um, disregard our treaties. You know, it's it we got to change all that, Robert, and we got to keep doing this work um, by you know showing up in every space possible and showing up in a good way and letting them know you know that we're all treaty people and that treaties weren't you know just signed to protect our culture, but it was all living things that includes our non-native peoples. So, um, yeah, I think land back is critical. And I think, you know, some of these camps are kind of, 
you know, kind of a, a good example of, you know, uh, the way we should be living and the way that we should think about what the future might look like. So I would, you know, um, highly recommend that people give to our Frontline Fund. You know, uh, you talked a little bit about Standing Rock, and that's how this show started, Nancy. Um, we were we were going to, Wendy and I were going to Standing Rock um, three or four times to drop off supplies and money and things like that during Standing Rock, and prior to that, I saw uh, we were we were protesting downtown St. Paul in a couple places, and then uh, a group uh, put on a protest that I saw on Facebook or somewhere, and I went down with it, and we were, you know, 20, 30 of us natives with signs and um, protesting Stop Dapple, and uh, an MN350 had a action down there, and it was the first time I ever heard of them. And there were 2,000 people there. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, we want to see more of that, Robert, because, again, you know, I think people have to understand how beautiful it is to assert treaties. It actually is, you know, and I feel proud. I feel courageous. And I, I feel like I'm, you know, carrying on the work that our ancestors did, you know, to sign those treaties to protect our way of life. And not everybody understands that we're all treaty people, but we have to remind ourselves our ancestors signed with their ancestors and there's that obligation, you know, and most importantly, what we have to understand is that when our ancestors signed those treaties, it was to protect our way of life. And and that means a lot to me and the space that I hold. So uh, it's an honor actually, Robert, to um, assert treaty. Well, you know, and it's funny too, when uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm kind of reminiscing with you right now, Nancy, but a few years ago, when you were started working with them in 350, the angle was to go at this in a treaty way. And I'll, and when that was brought up, a lot of people were saying, that's brilliant. That's the way to go and fight this. Right. You know, and, and quite honestly, it is. And I think, you know, with our recent uh, court win, uh, we uh, had a historic win there. We, we proved that the state of Minnesota lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the Anishinaabe protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation. And we might have ceded our land, meaning we gave title away, but not once did we ever surrender our inherent right to hunt, fish, travel, and gather. And I think, you know, showing up and holding these kind of spaces and, and creating that coexistence is what we need to see more of. And so, uh, again, it's an honor to do this work and um, create more spaces where we can collectively come together as treaty people and continue to write our story of what a new future could look like. Yeah, and, you know, that's awesome. And I just want to say, too, that it's always really our privilege here at Native Roots Radio to have you on every Tuesday. We get a lot of feedback, whether it's emails or just messages from YouTube and Facebook. And it's exciting, uh, the energy and the intelligence that uh, you work on up in the deep north. We like to call right. that the deep north. <laughs> um, and keeping moving, and it's it's a daunting, daunting uh, uh, job that you have up there. So I just want to say a big peeny gee. That means thank you in the sacred voice of Ho Chunk, by the way. Ho wa, ho wa. There you go, Robert. Um, you know, I shared a link in there from YouTube in the chat as well. Um, and if people could copy and paste that, it's like a five-minute video from whytreatiesmatter.org. And, you know, um, sometimes um, the, the work can be a little bit challenging. But um, when it does get in, in that kind of way, Robert, I, I watch that video. And I watch it like two or three times. And sometimes I'm even moved to tears when I watch it. And um, what it does is it reminds me that um, I'm not going to ever stop doing what I'm doing. And, and, and I know these are my original instructions to do what I'm doing. So, um, again, it's been an honor to um, create space and, and to build this movement. And we look forward to what's next, Robert. And so I want to share a little of that next week and then do a little Treaty 101 again to uh, move people out of November and into the, uh, the rest of the um, year until we get to uh, November of 2023. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah, and uh, it, time goes fast. I just wanted to, before we let you go, uh, November was election month too, not only uh, a groovy uh, Native American month, but uh, 
Uh, it was election month, and I just want to give you a big shout out all the work that you did uh, did on uh, Rock the Vote Native style, but also the what you do up in the deep north of registering and uh, and door knocking. I just want to give you a personal peeny geeky thank you for that. And uh, you know we have a lot of guests on here, and like yourself, it's it's been my honor to. Uh, you know, amplify doers work like yourself and you are a doer. Right. Um, you know, Robert, that reminds me, I got a phone call yesterday from um, the DFL uh, organizing unit here in Beltrami County. And they're recommending that I run for a di- director position because of the good work that I've done in the last couple of years within their party. And again, I like to identify as a treaty person, not a DFLer. But again, you know, it's Republicans, uh, the Democrats, no matter what political party you belong to, you have to uphold those treaties in a good way. So I think I'm going to consider doing that. So we have a, another seat at a table, Robert. And I think uh, it's a, an opportunity to keep doing the good work. Wow, and then I can have you on another day to talk about that. Ho oh, what? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were with Nancy Bolio. Um, I always want to say Bemidji 350, but really the mothership MN350. Uh, right. So gr- glad to have you on, and uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you very soon. All right, miigwech. Ho oh, wow. That was Nancy Bolio of MN350. Up next, Ogma and I are doing a little chit-chat on the news and uh, what's going on. Great to have uh, Nancy on. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh, oh, wait, do that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow, your your howl sounds a little a little off there today. Hey, Ogma, um, it was great having Nancy on as as always. Um, I'm wondering too, it, it, can you give out that information about the YouTube video about treatment or treatments treaties? <laughs> Treaty people, yeah. So uh, the YouTube video is called uh, We Are All Treaty People. Uh, it's the full book option, um, and it's put out by Anishinaabek Nation. Uh, that's the YouTube channel. Um, there are four parts, so you can watch them um, on that um parts one through four are on YouTube. And I wish we had time to air it, Robert, but um, 
it's um, 24 minutes long, so we'd have to we'd have to schedule a little bit more time. Oh, or we could just run long and do it on Facebook someday. That'd be cool yes. too. Yes, because uh, we have a good uh, we have a good uh, amount of people watching us here on Facebook too. So going long, we uh, have civic media uh, cut off on the on the time, but um, yeah, it's something to yeah. think of. So, hey, do you have any other news that you weren't able to squeak in there? I think it's really important that we really start talking about PolyMet and uh, what's going on, but also our our relatives in Wisconsin and with uh, Line 5 and uh, those pesky things that are popping up here that are not in a good way. And I know um, Ho-Chunk Nation, for example, uh, in Wisconsin has really... um, made a statement in the past about how they are against pipelines going through anywhere, but especially um, their sacred lands. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess the other piece of news, one of the other pieces of news that I had that I didn't get to share in that first segment uh, was an article that just came out by Grist. um, And it says that Canada's Indigenous Services Agency is failing and climate as climate disasters are intensifying, poor emergency management puts Indigenous people at higher risk. Um, The Canada Auditor General reported that Indigenous Services of Canada, the federal department which is responsible for coordinating emergency management services to First Nations has failed to provide Indigenous communities with adequate resources to deal with climate disasters. And um, the audit found that the department spent nearly four times more on emergency recovery than on emergency preparedness. And um, that really puts First Nations communities in greater risk of harm from climate disasters. First Nations communities in Canada are 18 times more likely, 18 times more likely to be evacuated in the wake of climate disasters than non-Indigenous communities. And we've seen some of that happen here um, stateside in the United States, up in Alaska. There was that massive tidal wave. Um, and there was a lot of Native Nations and First Nations uh, communities up there in Canada that were um, stranded and uh, flooded out and they were for quite some time there left to um, manage all those issues within their own communities with very limited resources. So when we talk about these issues that MN350 works on, that Honor the Earth works on, that um, all these other groups that we've talked about on Native Roots Radio over the last since its inception is Mm -hmm. these groups are supporting the work of those native communities and the people who come out of those native communities like Nancy Bolio, who are um, getting their hands dirty, so to speak um, within the colonized spaces to ensure that there is funding, that there is action and that these things are being talked about um, in spaces where they would not normally be talked about. Perfect. And I, I mean, that's an excellent point. And I think, you know, not to blow our own horn, but we've been in the fight for six years, as you were saying earlier, and uh, amplifying this knowledge. And, you know, me personally, Ogma, I've learned so, so much with having guests like Nancy and, uh, you know, and people like Bob Blake that's talking about uh, renewable energy. And, um, you know, uh, it, it it's been it's been a great ride here on Native Roots Radio because of the great guests we've had over the years. Yes, it definitely has. And, you know, some of the great sponsors that we've had, too, where, um, you know, we've got all of these people that are coming out to support this. And we've got um, community members who are willing to come on and talk about these things for our show. And we really wouldn't have a show if it weren't for all of those sponsors right. and for all of those people. And for that, I'm I'm really, really grateful to people like Nancy and um, yourself and Wendy for starting the show in the first place. I mean, um, I, I think as a Native person, when I first got involved with Native Roots Radio a few years ago, I was really looking for something like this show, something that talked about the issues that were important to me as a Native person and talked about them directly and frankly. And um, issues about the environment are also incredibly important to me. And those things are um, intersectional issues. Um, you really can't talk about um, environmental issues without ha- talking about Indigenous people. Like you were saying earlier, Robert, and Indigenous people are responsible for about 70% of the biodiversity uh, left on the planet right now. Our, um, the remaining biodiverse uh, environments are being protected by Indigenous people throughout the world. And you you just can't have a good conversation without 
connecting the two. Yeah, and I talked about uh, my history really fighting and um, climate justice uh, really started with Standing Rock personally. But I know you've been, you and your sister and your uncle have been involved for quite a few years prior to that. Yeah, so prior to Standing Rock, I was involved in an encampment uh, that held space in Leonard, Minnesota, um, regarding the Line 3 pipeline, actually. So part of the uh, Sandpiper, or one of the pipelines um, in Minnesota, I believe it's Line 3, but it may have been called something different at the time, uh, runs through lands that were ceded uh, by Red Lake Nation. And uh, as far as we were aware at the time, there was no uh, arrangement between Red Lake Nation and uh, the pipeline company. So we went and occupied the space uh, for an entire winter, actually. Um, a lot of cold camping and um, drawing attention to the fact that we were um, – in that space. And unfortunately, um, that encampment ended, um, kind of slowly fizzled out, but, um, the work and what was happening with that work, um, continued for myself, uh, my father until his passing, my uncle and my sister. So, uh, my eldest daughter is nine years old now, and she was, uh, born during that encampment I camped out there when I was pregnant with her so that was going on about 10 years ago she'll be 10 in May so um, it's been a long time and it's been a long fight and to see the work coming to fruition through shows like this through the work that Nancy has done through um, all these other organizations that have been involved it 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 makes my heart really grateful but I also know that that work is nowhere near close to done. Well, you know, and you talk about our sponsors sponsoring us and keeping us going and keeping us alive, but also I want to throw a quick shout-out to our Patreon. Um, Since we opened up Patreon when COVID hit and all our sponsors had to go away because, you know, we're basically not um, sponsored by big corporations where they could withstand something like COVID and uh, these small mom-and-pop operations had to close. And and I just want to give a big shout-out to to the people that have supported us through Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. And we've gotten some new Patreons, um, Patreon supporters. Um, Just in the last week, we've had two new Patreon supporters. So thank you so much, everybody who's generously donating to um, Native Roots Radio's Patreon. And I just want to remind you, if you'd like an on-air shout-out, you can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Native Roots Radio Network. We give on-air shout-outs for, (laughs) I think, just about everybody that donates to our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while since we gave a shout-out, but yeah, uh, definitely. And we, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just been awesome, you know. And just to back up real quick, got to tell everyone we our store is still open downtown, uh, downtown Minneapolis. My weeha, my uh, second uh, daughter Jelaine, is running the store down there, and it's all native arts and native. Everyone in that store, we can tell you where who who drew it or who designed it, what native, and it's there's no appropriation there and. Uh, we're really excited, and it's been really going good. And that's downtown Minneapolis uh, at the Dayton's Project. I just wanted to let everyone know that. And, again, I want to give a quick shout-out, Ogama, to Nancy Bolio for being on and for you with the great show. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Native Ritz Radio, signing off.